It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 8.07 on a Saturday morning, 69.4 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener. Welcome, friends. I'm glad you're here. This is a great time in the morning to be driving around right now. Parents, you're driving around to the take the kids to peewee football practice or to soccer or some other fall sport. I remember doing that all the time. And I remember thinking this is the best time to be with your kid because they're not talking to you necessarily, but they're talking sometimes to friends in the back seat or if they are in the car and you want to ask them questions, they don't have any way to avoid the questions that you have for them. So I really enjoyed taking my son to soccer and other sport practices during the fall. If you're a minister right now, of course, you're thinking, what are we going to say? What are we going to do for for our sermon tomorrow? Mm, what, 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 what chapter shall we do? We did Matthew last week. Maybe we should go to Galatians this week. Maybe we should run into Revelation. No, let's not do Revelations. Revelation fires people up too much, pretty much. If you're a rabbi, of course, you think, what am I going to say for the bar mitzvah, the bat mitzvah kids this morning? Did they learn the Hebrew? Did they know what they're doing? Is everybody together on what we're going to do for the, for the bar or bat mitzvah? So if you are call, if you're riding around in any of those situations, parents with sports kids, ministers, rabbis, welcome and hope you have a question about Lawn and Garden. I hope you learn something about Lawn and Garden as you listen. Our number is 404-872-0750. The number is that Gina dialed just a little while ago, and here's Gina on the air. Hey, Gina. Good morning. Good morning. How can I help? I um, got an apple tree in May, yeah. and I planted it, and it's my first one. It's about five feet. My yeah. dog has been peeing on it. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, um, the leaves are turning brown. Yeah. Um, I've roped it off, and I'm going to get something from Park Nursery. So yeah. You're breaking up a little, Gene. I can't quite hear you. Oh, Gina, 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 tell you what, let me put the volume down on your call and say that it's not... Are you there, Gina? I'm here. Okay, say again. I broke up a little bit there. So the dog is peeing on the bottom of the trunk, right? Yes, and I broke it off where he can't anymore. Yeah. And um, I'm eventually going to put something real pretty around it. Okay. Um, but I want to be able to bring it back to life. The leaves are turning brown. Hmm, that's not good. All the leaves or some of the leaves or how many? Uh, just the ones at the top. When they turn brown, do they turn brown and then turn sort of a black color or is it brown, yellow, and then they fall off? Just a brown, yellow. Okay. And again, did you say what percentage of them? Is that 10% up there at the top that are brown or is it 50% of the whole tree is involved in these, this browning? Uh, it's about half of the top of the tree. Hmm. You know what? I'm going to give your dog an alibi. <clears throat> I don't think the dog <laughs> peeing on the tree did much of anything to it. It typically would not, unless the dog is a great big dog. you got a great Dane, and he's out there every day. And okay, that, that could be a problem. Dobies are not, they don't have that much pee. Come on. So... 
the best you can do as far as urine goes, if you still suspect the urine damage, okay, is to go out and water it down. Even if, if it's been all summer long that the dog has done its damage, then the rain that we've had has pretty much diluted the urine. And that, again, I don't think it's going to make much damage to the trunk, the bark, the roots, the anything of the tree. That said... Yeah, I had to, go ahead. I had to plant two trees, you know, because they have to pollinate yeah, each other. I've sure. got one yellow and one red, but... The yellow one's on the other side of the yard, and it's fine. Yeah. But this one is just messed up. Well, there's not much I can say to do for it if I'm not convinced of what's going on up top. And uh, up top, it should be fine as far as water goes. It had rain, lots of rain, as I mentioned, all summer long, so it shouldn't be suffering from lack of water. But I'm not sure that I've figured out what's going to be a diagnosis of any disease. The only disease that really gets on apples that is noticeable at this time of year is fire blight is one, and that's when the leaves turn black. That's what I was hinting about just a minute ago, the black leaves, fire blight. But you didn't have that. You have brown leaves. Um, the other one is called cedar apple rust, where the leaves have lots of little yellow measles all over the leaf, and they don't fall off so much as they just have those measles, and you didn't mention that, so I'm counting out cedar apple rust. So at this point, I'm sort of thinking this is just establishment stress or something about the root system has not quite moved out to where it ought to do. And the last question then, I guess, Gina, is how much have you fertilized or fed? What have you done for it? Um, when I bought it, they told me to just water it, um, like water it a lot. Right. The leaves are not falling off, really. They're just turning brown. Yeah. I think it's time now we can fertilize. Not a lot, but a water-soluble fertilizer like miracle Grow is one brand. You commonly can get miracle Grow, Mix up a tablespoon in a gallon, like the directions say, and just use about a gallon per plant. It doesn't need any more than that. And that, if anything, is going to give some root stimulation for it to grow a little bit better root system and keep your fingers crossed that it sprouts out and looks fine next year. This all could be just a stress of establishing in a new place and it's going to be fine if the after the winter time goes on but beyond fertilizing right now i don't see anything else you can do and you've already got the dog away from there so we don't have to worry about the dog anymore so you're working you're yeah. doing that so um, what are the plants that looks like grapes that hang from the vine i want to get some of those grapes <laughs> I mean, what are the plants that look like grapes that hang from a vine it's a grapevine come on is that a riddle what no 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 they, they're a flower uh, they look like hanging grapes. Sounds like grapes to me. Or wisteria, maybe? Might be wisteria. Yeah, go to a nursery and find out what, the, what they say, because I'm, I don't want to go around and around about what the plant is, but go to a nursery and see if they have some idea of what you're talking about with the flowers that hang down like grapes. Might be wisteria. If, you, if it is wisteria, and if you try to plant wisteria, Think a long time before you do that. Wisteria can be a very invasive plant, give you lots of problems in the years to come. Good luck with it, Gina. I really do hope you do well on your apple trees. It is Shelby's turn. Shelby's in McDonough and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Shelby. Good morning, Walter. Good morning, I want Shelby. to find out when I can move a lantana that's outgrown its space. Hmm. Is this the Miss Huff, the one that's perennial? It's a big one, yeah. Uh, and it's overtaken the place where I put it, so I need to move it to some place that can spread out. So big meaning, I mean, Miss Huff, my mother's Miss Huff Lantana there in Fayette County above you is easily eight feet wide and five feet tall right now. So how mm -hmm. big is yours? About that, and it's over, you know, covered my little smaller things, and 
I need to move it when at the appropriate time. The appropriate time is next spring when the first sprouts come out. That's okay. the easiest time to do it. And frankly, Shelby, right now, I would just prune out the limbs that are problematic, the ones that are covering over and you know, shading out things and rubbing you as you walk past on the path, anything like that. Just prune them off and then let the tree grow or the shrub or the whatever we want to call the lantana and let it grow for the rest of the fall. And then when it comes time to prune it back when all the leaves have fallen off of it, I prune mine pretty well all the way to the ground at Mama's house, but you can leave the stems like some people do. But the time to do the transplanting is going to be next spring around what the first or second week in April when things are warmed up and the leaves has first started to come out around the base of the plant. That's when you move it most successfully. Okay, that's great. Thanks yeah. a lot. Shall be great. Good, good to talk to you. See you soon. All right, November. Bye-bye. See you soon. It's 815 at News Talk WSV. That's time for Steve. we got Steve in here. Sure. Hey, Steve, good morning. Welcome to Lawn and Garden. Good morning, Walter. How are you? I'm doing great. How can I help? I have a raised garden bed that I grow my vegetables in, mm -hmm. and uh, I usually mix up the soil with a tiller in the spring when I plant. And in particular, my sweet potatoes get compacted by the soil by the time I harvest them, and they mm. end up looking like they came from another planet. <laughs> I wondered if there was something I could add to the soil that might keep that soil from compacting like that. Maybe a little gritty sand. It wouldn't hurt, I don't think, many soils to have a little more gritty sand added into them to drain faster and not compact quite as much. So that's what I use in one of my beds. And, man, that bed has been productive for now five Five years about, and I'm really proud. Every time in the spring when I plant my tomatoes in that bed, I think, wow, am I glad I put that sand in here. It's really loose and doesn't compact much at all. So is that just uh, the normal kind of sand you would get from the big box store? Not or play sand, not play sand. Um, what you look for at the big box store, back in the area where they sell the pavers and bricks and such as that, mm -hmm. there are bags of stuff called paver leveling sand. It's a very uh. gritty, gritty, gritty stuff. That works fine. Or if you can find um, a, one of these yard materials place that has a scoop so to load up a truck or something, see if you can buy some of their um, granite dust. Granite dust is a very gritty, gritty, gritty sand, too. But it's got to okay. be gritty. If it's fine, like play sand, it does not do anything for your soil. Excellent. Thanks very much. All right. Good. I know those potatoes, we want them to look like nice potatoes. I had a guy who sent me a video this past week of himself harvesting his potatoes, and he was just delighted. <laughs> you can see the <laughs> smile on his face as he digs in. He says, look, i got a big one. Look, there's another one. Oh, man, there's another one over here to the side. He was like really, a treasure hunt. Yeah, it is a treasure hunt. Potatoes, yeah. I think, are wonderful plants for uh, just the, the pleasure of digging them up and saying you have more than you really thought you might have for both Irish right. potatoes in the ground or sweet potatoes now in the fall. It's great to have something you just didn't realize how much of it you have. And sweet potatoes this year should be looking real good. Lots of rain, some sun during the summertime. I can imagine yes, sweet potatoes looking really good this time of year. We're loving them. All right. Good luck with it then, Steve. Thank you much. See you, Bye -bye. man. 404-872-0750 is the number on Lawn and Garden, but we'll be back right after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the Lawn and Garden advice you need.
And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. High today in the mid-80s, 85, 86 degrees perhaps overnight. Lows in the high in the low 70s or high 60s perhaps tomorrow. About the same, 85, 86 degrees, 71 overnight. Not much chance of rain either day. Full weekend forecast because of in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Ed, to us, Ed comes to us from Cumming, Georgia. Hey, Ed. Good morning. I'm Bart. Yes, sir. Hello. Yeah, yeah, here I am, Ed. Go ahead. Hey, my name's Ed, and I was looking to get some advice. I got a new house, and I'm ready to put a new yard in. Yeah. And we had it all scratched up yesterday so that we can start raking it out. Yep. And I wanted to ask you, Walter, if can you mix seed, like can you mix fescue with Bermuda or fescue with Zoysia, or what would you recommend? Why do you want to mix? Is, is there a good reason for doing that? Hold on a sec. Yeah. Hello? Yeah, I'm back, Ed. So let's let's get this on the road because we don't have many minutes here to work on it. So why do you want to mix fescue and Bermuda? Well, my wife wants Bermuda, but I think to establish it, I'd like to get the fescue to establish it. Yeah. It's getting late in the season for Bermuda. How much sunshine does the area get? It's full sun in the backyard. You'll do better with Bermuda. Better with Bermuda? Full sun is a real booger to deal with fescue in full sun. It always dries out in the summertime in July, August, and okay. gets sort of brown. So full sun situations, I'm all in favor of Bermuda soysia, one of the full sun grasses. Okay. Could I start Bermuda this late in the summer? Man, oh, man, it is late right now. Mm. Ed, I know that Bermuda will have a chance to sprout. It's uh, August, after all. It'll have a chance to sprout, but it's not going to go very far. And so the grass that's going to be about an inch and a half tall when it turns brown in November, which doesn't give you a lot of chances to hold the ground down. If there's any slope to the backyard, that's going to be a problem. Uh-huh. It might be better to put fescue down now. Grow it, not do any Bermuda. We'd grow the fescue now, all the way till next May, and then put Roundup on the fescue to kill it completely. Do another scratching, another thing to loosen the soil, and put Bermuda seed in May. And Bermuda then will sprout. It'll start growing. It will just about cover that area by August next year. This time, okay. So the fescue holds the ground in place for a while, and then you can get the final permanent resident, which is going to be Bermuda grass next year. Okay. Does that do? I know you probably can't talk about products, but name brands, but they've got a southern fescue that they're advertising, and that's in the lawn and garden. Yeah. Does it? Does that work well, or do you know? Do you have any experience with that, as opposed to just Kentucky Thirty One? Kentucky Thirty One is sort of a tufty pasture grass, and never very well looks very good. Any of the blends, if it says Southern Blend or Rebel Blend, Supreme Blend, you know, Pennington Blend, those kind of fescues typically survive very nicely and give you a nice turf-like look as long as it doesn't have full sun on it or as long as you are not committed to doing a lot of maintenance on it. You can get some real nice-looking lawns with fescue, um, but okay. not, not Kentucky 31. Get one of the blends. They'll look a lot better for you. Okay. Do I need to put any... Um grow fertilizer or new fertilizer for the new seed? Yeah, you sure do. Get some starter fertilizer and put that down. You've got time, really and truly, if you want to, Ed. You could do a soil test. Go to georgiasoiltest.com and uh, get the details there on how to do a soil test. Pike Nursery has uh, soil test kits there as well. 
But to get a soil test done, it'll tell you how much of that starter fertilizer to use and whether you need to put some lime down, and that's important as well. So get a soil test done, plant the fescue, Bermuda next year. It's 828. We'll be back after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 8.36 on a Saturday morning, 70 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful doing whatever you care to do in your outside of land, in your landscape, with your grass, with your trees, with your flowers. One of the ways you become more successful is dealing with smart people and smart nurseries, and that would be Pike Nursery and Mickey Gasway, who we have a conversation with every Saturday morning. Good morning, Mickey. Good morning, Walter. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. It's not Good. 95 degrees this afternoon, and that's got some encouraging numbers to it, so I may go outside and do a little gardening this afternoon. What are you going to it do? Feels, it feels so good. I it was does. out in the, I'm at Lindbergh because I'm doing the class on um, for new gardeners. Uh-huh. And, transplanted gardens, and we're doing it out in the greenhouse, and it feels so good. It feels like fall. Nice. Great. Nice, Love nice, it. nice. So the people who are listening to our show right now, the class starts at what, 9 o'clock, Mickey? 9 o'clock, somewhere around then. All right. So if you're in the Lindbergh area and want to drop by the Lindbergh Pike Nursery, then Mickey's class for beginner gardeners or transplanted gardeners or people who are unfamiliar with Atlanta gardening, she's going to be teaching her class at 9 o'clock this morning. That's right. I told people the other day, gardeners are always uh, gardeners are always beginners because you're always beginning something that you've never done before. Sure, everybody absolutely. does that. Any plants <laughs> new in my always. garden? <coughs> so yeah. let's talk about: Do we have anything on sale, or what's the deal with our special this weekend? Well, this weekend, it's, our special is, uh, and it is special. It's Pike Special um, Mixed Bird Seed. And that's, the and one that's that has our all number the, one bird seed. Yeah, it, it has is the peanuts so good. and the corn and the and the uh, uh, sunflower I don't seeds. Think it, does it have corn in it? I don't oh, think no. it has corn. Maybe not. It has sunflower chips. Oh, that's and what Black oil sunflower yeah. seeds and safflower seeds, which sometimes deter some of the birds you don't want in there. Right. And peanuts, and so it all the bird all the seed eaters like it. The cardinals and the finches and the woodpeckers and the blue jays. Sometimes right. we want those sometimes we love. Um, chickadees, titmice, all those. So they're so much fun. So normally it's what, twenty five, twenty nine dollars for twenty nine twenty nine ninety nine and so you're getting ten dollars off at oh, nineteen ninety nine. Nice. Twenty days. So you buy two or three and you save twenty, thirty dollars. That's a good deal. Mm. It is very, very good bird seed because like you say, some birds are deterred by some kinds of seed, but I can't think of a single bird that would not be happy to land on a bird feeder that had the sunflower seed, safflower seed, peanut, little pieces of peanut in there. That would be a great meal for any bird in your neighborhood. They love it. And um, I was going to tell you, last year, I said something about that we didn't like. A lot of people don't like blue jays. But last year, we had an an albino bird, Mm. uh, blue bird. Blue jay in our yard, and then everybody in the neighborhood wanted the blue jays because they wanted to see him. <laughs> but he was beautiful, so we got some good pictures of him. That was fun. Don't forget why you're getting the bird seed on sale at Pike Nursery today. They have also all the birding equipment you need, bird houses, bird feeders for hummingbirds. Oh, yeah. Hummingbirds are flittering around my backyard right now, so you get oh, a yeah. bird feeder and nectar. 
there's squirrel corn, whatever you call this thing, you feed the squirrels yeah. there, and squirrel-proof bird feeders as well. So we've got all sorts That's of exactly right. accoutrements. That's exactly right. So I hope everybody will come in. This is just such a great time to garden and to feed the birds, and um, it, it's just a good time to be outside. It really is. And I think birding is, one of the, is a hobby for everybody, you know, from sure. people as old as me to little kids, all love um I love birding, so it's fun to watch. And I remember I, that. I want to suggest to everybody, yep. and I've got mine from when I was a kid, help your kid make a life list of the birds that they see at the feeders uh-huh. and what they are. And Because um, I've got mine from when I was a little girl, and it's fun to look back on. It helps them to identify the birds as well. So the bird is bird feed is on sale for 20 bucks for the uh, 20 pounds of bird seed at all Pike Nursery locations, right? That's exactly right. Not just at not just at Lindbergh. Lindbergh is where you're having the class this morning at nine o'clock for beginning gardeners. But every pike location has the bird seed, the special bird seed, on sale nineteen ninety nine instead of twenty nine ninety nine. What a deal! Yeah, yes, what a deal. Plus the plants and everything else that pike normally sells. You get those some fall colors, some crotons, or maybe some mums to put in the garden. That would be a good thing to look oh, for as yeah. well. Don't you love the crotons in the fall? They Boy, look they so are pretty. They're all the fall colors. They are fabulous. And we've only used them for the last probably five or six years. It seems like the pike has carried them in the fall, and they have been adopted all over Atlanta. And wow, are they spectacular! Croton. I always plant. have them on my front po- on my front steps. They look so pretty with the with the mums, and then later with the pansies. Yeah. They'll stay. They look good until probably. Um, around the middle of November, maybe later, if we have a late winter. But anyway, they're beautiful, so yeah. I hope everybody will come in and, uh, you know, uh, fix their pots up that look kind of tired right now, come in and get some stuff and uh, spruce them up, and it'll be good. And take advantage of the bird seed on sale. Mickey, it's great talking right. to you. We'll see you next Saturday. Where will we too. go? See you later. Where will we go if At we wanted to find? Dot- Say it again. PikeNursery.com. There we go. Where you go to find Thank all the you. Pike locations. And Pike again, Mickey will be there at the Pike, Pike Nursery location at Lindbergh, 9 o'clock today, beginning gardener class or adopted Atlanta gardener class. If you're new to Atlanta and want to know how to garden here, that's where you go. Lindbergh, Pike Nursery, PikeNursery.com for the location and addresses. Laura is in Tyrone and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Laura, hey, good morning. Hey, Walter. I thank you for taking my call. Yes, I have a um, an island in my backyard that for years has just been the perfect place for impatience. And the last two years, I have been plagued with downy mildew. Yeah. And so I ripped it all out and replanted something that doesn't suffer from that. But I was wondering if there was something I could do this fall or this winter to maybe heal the soil so that I could plant impatience again there next year. No. Ever? Five years is what they're saying. So five years. Five years. Wow. Put other non non um, you know, plants that are, that resist getting the downy mildew on them, but impatience they wiped out, just wiped out of all the downy mildew that has been around Atlanta for the last couple of years. So sun patience that New Guinea patients or the sun patients, they do very well in the same locations, and they don't get downy mildew, so you can substitute those in. Um, Torinia sometimes looks, clownflower looks really nice in the same location. Um, Say that name again? Torinia, T-O-R-R-E-N-I-A, Torinia. 
or Clarinia. I don't know that one. I'll have to look that one up. Yeah. But well, not, thank you so much. Not impatient. Sad to say, Laura, not impatient. Oh, well, I'll, I'll have to survive, I guess. <laughs> Thanks for calling. Thank you. Bye-bye. It's 43 minutes past the hour. I think it's Karen to turn. Hey, Karen, good morning, and welcome to Lawn and Garden. Hey, Walter. I have a question about the vanilla strawberry um, hydrangeas. I've oh, yeah. had these plants about, I think, at least three years, and they're huge, and they get huge blossoms on them, and they all start out white and then um, turn brown. Mm. And so I don't know if I'm not doing the right watering or fertilizer or what I'm missing. So you're never getting that uh, pinkish the look pink. that you're supposed no, to No, just a faint tinge of pink on some of them. So I think, oh, they're going to hmm. turn pink so I don't cut them off. But yeah. the first year, it was beautiful, white to pink. Huh. But in other years succeeding, it has not. Correct. It just They just kind of turn brownish, a little bit of green, and then they just sit there. And they get a lot of sun, but yeah. that they can, seem they, to can dry them out. they can tolerate a lot of sun. It's not that should not be the problem. I don't know why. I might vaguely theorize that just the process of establishing themselves after that first year, right out of the nursery, is perfectly happy and healthy, uh-huh. and, and bloomed in the right uh, sequence of colors with the white and pink on them then. But now, why even two or three years down the road is it not doing? So it's nothing with the um, type of fertilizer, like, you know, to no. change the others, nope. blue to pink. And the pH didn't have much to do with the panicle hydrangeas. So all I can say, I'm guessing, Karen, is wait till next year and see what happens. Okay. You know, Maybe don't fertilize them more regular, because I only did one. They certainly like to be fertilized. You'll get a much bigger, fuller, more leaves, more stems, and everything on the plant. Whether that has any effect on the color of the flowers like you want, can't say. But certainly a fertilizer here and there, if you haven't done that much, would make it a little happier. Okay. And then they are, they're huge, like I said, really long stems. And the blossoms just droop so much. Is that expected or am I not? Should I prune them differently? <laughs> That's pretty expected on them. Go on my website and look up limelight pruning because okay. all the panicle hydrangeas have similar pruning knees. They flop if you don't prune them the right way. And so I don't have enough time to go over the whole detail. Okay. But look, limelight pruning give you the whole pictures and everything for the limelight or other panicle hydrangeas. Okay, thanks, Walter. You bet. Thanks for calling, Laura. Or Karen, I mean. <laughs> okay. Thanks Bye. for calling. 46 minutes past the hour. We've got time for Bill. Bill's in Carrollton, Georgia. Hey, Bill, good morning. Uh, good morning. How are you, sir? Uh, well, sir, how can I help? Uh, last two years, the tomato plants are dead and gone by the middle of August from blight. Yes, sir. Um, the club. Any way to spray when you till the garden beforehand to to prevent this? I don't think spraying it as you till is going to prevent it, but spraying when the disease starts, when it started back in May, mid-May, what did you do then? I, this minute I had the stuff from last year, and yeah. the minute I saw the first uh, leaf on a small plant, I sprayed mm-hmm. them continuously. It never stopped them, and it just oh. went ahead and killed them. It mm-hmm. even... Well, apparently it's airborne, something 20 yards away, it got on them. It is a pretty light little fungal spore. It will blow around on the landscape. It, fla- it splashes up out of the soil. It lives in the soil most of the year and splashes onto leaves and then causes the early blight that you got. Is there any way to uh, maybe move your garden spot 
just to get out of that spot sure. would that help? Oh yeah, it'll help a lot because it's mostly in the soil. If you move the location of the plant, of the tomato plants, to where they don't have that same soil that's not infected with it, yeah, that's not a bad idea at all. And particularly too, remember to put mulch on the ground underneath them, Ed, when you plant them, mulch the ground underneath so the soil doesn't splash on that first leaf and do again as you did already this year. Spray it immediately when you see that first yellow black spot on the leaf of the tomato plant. Spray some daconil or other garden, garden fungicide to try to keep the disease under control from the very minute you see it for the rest of the summertime. It's 848 News Talk WSB. We'll be back right after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the lawn and garden advice you need. I want a girl with a mind like a diamond. And a quick update for your weather from Ackerman Security. Thank you, Jason Byers. We do appreciate we do appreciate music that grabs our attention. Who is that playing? Uh, it is Cake. My gosh. A quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Mid-80s this afternoon, low 70s overnight. It's low. Not much chance of rain today or tomorrow. Dry both days. The chance of temperatures being about the same is pretty high, though. About 85, 86 tomorrow and mid to low 70s tomorrow night as well. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Bud joins us from Kennesaw. Hey, Bud. Morning. Good morning, Walter. How are you this morning? So real quickly, you have a plant you want to identify. Give me some salient characteristics. Yes, sir. It's a, uh, it's a, it has a fruit on it. It's about, the fruit is about the size of between a grape and a small cherry tomato. Okay. It turns from yellow to red. looks like when it ripens. It's got a mm. thorny stem uh, and a leaf that looks kind of like a raspberry leaf, but in smaller scale. Um, the plant today is about three feet tall, but it, but it, I think it was cut back before uh, I bought the house where this plant is located. Does it die back in the wintertime or stay green in the wintertime? Well, I've only owned this house since April, so I don't know. Oh, well, we don't know. The one thing that comes to mind is called Jerusalem cherry, and the one thing in your description that doesn't fit is the thorn on the stem. I've never observed anyway the thorns on the stem of a Jerusalem cherry, but it certainly has fruit, just as you described, yellow to red. Um, grows about three feet high. Two or three of them will live in the same area because of seeds fall to the ground. They sprout each year. So Jerusalem cherry fits most of what you said, but boy, the thorny part may be the may put me in a different direction to completely. Some yeah, there's so many thorns. It's almost like it looks almost like it's furry, you know, on wow. the stem that comes up. And some are some are quite sharp. Some just look, you know, are are just uh, like a like almost like a peach fuzz, but in a longer stem. Yeah, I tell you what, and, dude. and the stem itself is, is is brown, and it runs up into the green leaves. All right. So this is in in presence right now in the yard, right? So you could take some pictures for me, right? Yes, sir. Uh-huh. Get your camera, picture from your phone is fine, and take two or three pictures. One of the of the fruit itself, one of the leaves. Maybe stand back a couple of feet so I can see the shape of the whole plant. And then go to my website. There's a little button on there that says Name That Plant. Just click on that. It'll allow you to upload three different JPEG pictures up to my website. A little description of what you found, where you see it, 
thorns, etc., etc., etc. Give some ideas about that and submit it to name that plant at WalterReeves.com and maybe we can figure out together with some of my other plant identifying experts what this plant is. It's 58, 57 and a half, I should say, at News Talk WSB. It's been a great Saturday morning. My thanks go to Crystal Wheeler, who screened our calls this morning. Ashley will be back next Saturday morning. Jason Byers, of course, brings to our ears weird music that we all appreciate every Saturday morning. And my heart and thoughts go out this morning to the Varner family. I found out during the show that my friend Nancy Varner had passed away. And for that, I'm really sad. She is the, the wife of my 4-H friend, Terry Varner, who's passed away as well. And I really, really care for the Varner and the, and the Miller family from Nancy Varner. So I'll see her some other day. We'll see you soon, my friends in the garden. We'll see you next Saturday for another edition of Lawn and Garden.